Hello, and welcome to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. Be sure to listen all the way through to the end of the episode for additional info on where to find more resources for past sermons, as well as how to watch us live each Sunday if you can't join us in person at our Columbus, Ohio location. Let's prepare to hear this week's sermon and listen for what God is saying to you and what he wants to do in your life. All right, here we go. Talking about God's will. We've been doing that for a few weeks. We're going to do that for a few weeks more. Uh, Dan Rather, the uh, news reporter, once asked the late Mother Teresa, uh, what do you do when you pray? And uh, she answered quietly, I listen. And surprised by her answer, Rather asked her the inevitable follow-up question, well, then what does God say to you? And Mother Teresa just smiled and she replied, he listens. <laughs> he listens. Most of us believe that, that God listens to our prayers. But few of us have learned how to listen to God. And um, how many of you believe out, out there that, that, that God speaks to people? Okay, good. I think most, most of us do. Understanding, though, what God says depends on how we hear him. So we're in the midst of this message series um, that I'm calling Knowing God's Will. Uh, is it like GPS or a compass? And uh, I've been saying that it's more like a compass. Uh, as much as we'd like to have this kind of supernatural um, and verbal turn-by-turn -turn guide, a God-provided global uh, positioning system, in other words, for any and all decisions in life, that's just not the way that it seems to work, is it? Um, and it seems, though, that, that instead what God provides is more like a, a compass, a spiritual compass. God gives us a certain direction to go in, and he says, this is the right way. Walk this way, and as you do that, uh, trust me and obey me. So here's the question for today, okay? How can I hear God speak? How can I hear God speak to me? And there are some assumptions in that question, to be sure. First, we assume that knowing God's will depends on being able to communicate with God in some way, shape, or form. Discerning God's will depends on the ability to develop some way of exchanging information with him. Second, we assume that God can and does speak to people. We talked about that some last week. God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through uh, leadings that come from the Holy Spirit who lives in us. God speaks to, to us through wise counselors. God speaks to us even through painful experiences, just to name a few of the ways. I, I've never heard uh, God speak to me in an audible voice, no, but yes. I know that he has spoken to me throughout my life in different ways about different things. Third, we assume that being able to hear God is very important to knowing his will. The two are connected. And, and the better that I can hear God, the more I can be sure that I am living in his will. 
And if I'm deaf to God, well, I can't be very sure that I am living in his will or even knowing much about it. So I'm convinced that hearing God speak has more to do with my heart attitude than any other single factor. My heart attitude. And that conviction is based on God's word. For example, I want us to look this morning at a story that Jesus told that underlined the important relationship between your heart attitude and being able to hear God. So if you would, I want you to grab your Bible and I want you to turn with me to uh, Luke chapter uh, 8. And we're going to look at uh, verses 4 through 15. You can grab a blue, a blue pew Bible there if you have one. And um, if you don't have one with you, or you can find it on your own phone. And uh, this is a familiar story. I'm sure all of us have probably read or encountered it. But uh, it's, it's a very illuminating story. And uh, it's one of Jesus' parables. And, and uh, unlike many parables, Jesus actually kind of interprets it. So uh, first we're going to read the parable and then Jesus' interpretation of it. Luke chapter 8, I'm beginning to read it, verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 9. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said... The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the world from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So, who's the farmer in Jesus' story? God or, or Jesus himself, right? What, what does the seed thrown by the farmer represent? Well, God's message, Jesus' message, God speaking to us. What, what do the four kinds of soil represent in Jesus' story? Well, um, four different kinds of human responses to God's message, to God's speaking, right? Yeah. So here's an interesting takeaway uh, for me from Jesus' story. He was making the point 
that your heart attitude determines your ability to hear God speak. Your heart attitude determines the ability of you to hear what God speaks to you. Your heart attitude has more to do with knowing God than any other single factor. And the story helps us then to answer this question, how can I hear God speak? First of all, if, if I'm going to hear God speak, I must cultivate an open mind. I must cultivate an open mind. Do you really want to hear God speak to you? Are you actually eager and receptive to hear from God? Are you ready and willing to hear from God? Having a, a truly open mind to God means that you accept the assumption that God wants to communicate with, and, with you and to know you personally. What did Jesus say about the first kind of soil in his story? Well, let's look at it again. As he scattered, uh, it says, a, a farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. And then just a little later on, Jesus provided an interpretation. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. You know, on, on farms in Jesus' day, they would have these little footpaths between the fields so that the farmer could access his fields. And at planting time, he would walk along and he would throw seed into the ground that he had tilled up but some of it would fall accidentally on those little footpaths between the areas of his field. And those paths became very hard, very compact, because people were always walking on them. And, and the soil of the footpath itself, well, that wasn't very fertile. And it was well nigh impossible for any seed to, to penetrate that hard ground, much less sprout and and grow and the kind of soil that that is represented here is is of a hardened heart or mind to jesus it, it's become closed and unreceptive to what god wants to say and god may continue to speak to a person who's got a hardened heart but but if your mind and your heart is closed and it's hard it's unlikely that you're ever going to be able to hear what god has to say so what causes a hardened heart or a closed mind in any person? Well, uh, one cause has got to be pride. Pride. I don't need to hear from God. I can make decisions about life without God. I can relate to other people without God's input. I can succeed in life without hearing from God. Whenever we fail to pray about something of importance, we're implying, I, I, don't, I don't really need God's input on this situation. I can handle it on my own. That's pride. And nothing, nothing will make you more deaf to God than pride. Another cause is fear. Sure. What if God speaks to me and I don't like what he says? <laughs> okay. 
What if God tells me to do something and I don't want to do it? I'm afraid I'm going to lose my freedom here or what I consider fun to do. Fear is going to make you deaf to God. Uh, Still another cause of a hardened heart is bitterness. Yeah, you see that sometimes. Uh, When we've been hurt in life and and we hold on to that hurt, it it gradually turns into bitterness, doesn't it? We, We start saying, so why did God allow this? I mean, if, if God really loved me, he'd fix this situation. If he's so powerful, why did he permit this awful thing to happen in my life? And, and bitterness blames God for what people do to us. And it can harden my heart and it can close my mind so that I, I don't hear God when he speaks to me. You know, one of the best examples in the Bible of an open mind and a soft heart toward God was Solomon when he was a young man. And um, now Solomon did not, um, Solomon didn't finish his life or his his reign very well, did he? Uh, But he started out great. He was was one of King David's sons and he succeeded his father on the throne of Israel. And right at the beginning of his reign, Solomon uh, went away for a few days to seek the face of God. And he he wanted to hear God speak into his life. And uh, God came to him in a dream and he asked Solomon what he wanted. And the young king could have asked uh, for a a bigger kingdom and greater wealth or or more possessions. Instead, he asked God for wisdom. And, And this is part of what Solomon said to God. God, give me an understanding heart. Okay, I think we're going to have to make a change here, guys. I don't know what the problem is, but my uh, mic is not working well. Is it, is it this mic here? Okay. Sorry. All right, here we go. So this is what Solomon said to, uh, to God. He said, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. And, and the Lord was, was v- very pleased with Solomon and his request. Solomon wanted an understanding heart, a heart that could hear God speak in, into it. And, he, and what's interesting is that Solomon never lacked for wealth or power or possessions, did he? Even though he never asked for them. More importantly, God gave him the ability to discern uh, his will and his ways. Why? Because Solomon cultivated an open mind and he maintained a, a soft heart toward God, at least in, in, in the early part of his life. Later on, it wasn't like that with Solomon, and that's a tragic part of the story. All right, so secondly, if, I hear, if I'm to hear God speak, I must set aside time to listen to him. I must set aside time to listen to him. In other words, I must take time to hear him. I I need to slow down. I need to be quiet. I need to plan it into my schedule. You know, we schedule everything else in life, folks, vacations and homework and dentist appointments and kids and grandkids, sports activities, just to name a few. Do you schedule time with God? 
Or, or does God just get kind of the leftovers of your time and energy? That's one reason that some people never hear from God. They never hear him speak. They never discover his will because they're always too much in a hurry. You know, some years ago, I thought this was, this was funny. Some years ago, researchers discovered that juice sold in jars outsold frozen concentrated juice. You know why? Because there's many Americans who think it takes too long to thaw out frozen juice. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't even want to wait for stuff to, to thaw out. And, and if you live a frantic, hurried life, God will get shortchanged. I guarantee it. And the best you'll ever get of your time are the leftovers. And you may want God to speak, but if the message of your lifestyle is this, look, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a hurry here. And if you've got something to say to me, now is the best time, or maybe Tuesday between 4 and 4.30 would be a good time as well. God, God will not... God will not accept that mentality. He just won't. What, what, what did Jesus say about the second kind of soil? Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. And then later, Jesus explained. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. You know, um, much of the soil in Israel covers a bedrock of limestone. And so there's only like about three or four inches of topsoil covering it. In other words, a lot of the soil in Israel is pretty shallow. And plants can, can put roots down about two or three inches, but that's all. And then when summer comes and the heat gets intense and bears down on the ground and heats up that limestone underneath it, most of those plants wither away because they've been planted in shallow soil. So for Jesus... This kind of soil reminded him of people who basically have, have hearts that are shallow toward God. And the, the, the person, this is the person who only ever hears God superficially. He, he might get all excited about God and doing God's will, but when, when the problems of life bear down on, on him with their intense heat, he, he just kind of find, finds a way to wither and fall away. She might be very enthusiastic about God and his will for a season. Like the verse said, they, they receive God's message with joy, but before long, she's dropped out of church. She's no longer reading her Bible. She's no longer trying to discern how God might be speaking to her. Shallow heart. Shallow heart. You know, one big reason for a shallow heart toward God is the failure to provide a time or a place to hear him speak into your life. My friend, if you're sincerely interested in knowing God's will, do you spend even five minutes a day in a quiet place and ask him to show you his will to speak into your life? See, what, what happens, folks, so often is that the urgent things of life crowd out the important.
boy, that statement has made such an impact on my life. The urgent things in life are seldom important. The important things in life are seldom urgent. And knowing God's will, it's always important, but it's never going to be urgent. And so sometimes it gets left on the ash heap of our activities, okay? Um, or we can, we can spend so much time doing good things in life that, that we aren't about the best things in life. I, imagine, if you would, taking a, a two-week vacation with absolutely no advance planning or preparation. I mean, you, you just get up one day and you say, hey, let's go on vacation today. I mean, you haven't picked a location, you haven't booked an Airbnb, you haven't purchased an airline ticket, you haven't gassed up your car. Chances are, folks, that you'll end up just staying home and watching a lot of TV on your couch, right? Um, too often, that's how we treat hearing from God. And we can live with this nagging notion that we ought to spend some intentional and quiet time with God so we can hear him speak but we just never get around to actually doing it. No time is set aside. No place is set aside. No intentional effort is made. Why is it a surprise that we rarely hear God speak and why our prayers can lack vitality? Well, third, if I am to hear from God, I must eliminate distractions. I must eliminate distractions. Many times God wants to speak to us, but our, our hearts and our minds are just too crowded and full of other stuff, right? What, what did Jesus say about the third kind of soil in his story? Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. So what did that represent? Well, Jesus explained it. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares, the riches, the pleasures of this life, and, and so they never grow into maturity. Now, what, what adjective might describe best this kind of hard attitude toward God? How about preoccupied? preoccupied. This is, the, this is the person whose heart and mind is so consumed by everything else going on in life that he or she ends up being permanently distracted. And as a result, they can't hear God speak. You know, I'm not sure that there's a bigger distraction in our lives currently than a rather recent invention Yeah, the old smartphone. In fact, some of you may suffer from nomophobia. The fear of being without a working cell phone. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. The term is derived from no mobile phone, nomophobia. It was first coined back in 2008. A, re a research firm recruited 94 Android device users and installed special software on their smartphones. And this tool tracked each user's interaction over five days all day long. Every tap, type, 
swipe, click. Now, the heaviest smartphone users click, tap, swipe on their phones 5,427 times a day on average, okay, according to these researchers. Now, that's the top 10% of smartphone users, granted. So one would expect it to be a little excessive. However, the rest of us still touch our smartphones 2,617 times a day on average. You know that's almost a million times in a year? Wow. Some of you even check your smartphone when you're listening to me on Sundays. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I caught that, did you? Imagine that. Folks, it's not important if you listen to me, but one wonders if you're too distracted to listen to God. And that is important. Just a thought. Just a thought. So Jesus compared distractions to thorny weeds. He provided three examples. First, uh, the cares of life, which produce worry or anxiety. And, you know, the Greek word that's used there uh, means being pulled in different directions at the same time. Cares or worries are the problems. There's the, they're the pressures in everyday life. And this robs us of peace of mind. And, and because uh, they dominate our thoughts, it becomes impossible then to hear God speak. A, a second thorny weed is wealth. You say, well, I'm not wealthy, Pastor Rick. If you live in this country in 2022, when you compare it to everybody, everybody that's ever lived, you are in the top 1% of everybody who's ever lived. You're wealthy, whether you feel like you are or not, okay? And folks, we, we can get so busy trying to make a living uh, that we conclude that we just don't have time for God. You know, many people work hard every day to pay the bills, to catch up with expenses, to get out of debt, to try and keep up with the family next door economically, and then they fall into bed exhausted, and they do it all again the next day, and God ends up being crowded out and forgotten. And hearing God speak into your life feels increasingly irrelevant to a person who's just kind of wrapped up with getting or maintaining wealth. Yeah. A third thorny weed are life's pleasures. Folks, there, there's nothing wrong with good, fun activities. I mean, God is the one who invented fun, after all. And, and God made you and me in such a way to enjoy certain things and get pleasure out of them. But if you get so busy pursuing fun stuff or enjoying recreational activities that you don't set aside that time to worship or um, to pray or to meditate on God's word or to reach out to a spiritually lost person or to be involved in a ministry here at the church or out in the community. Well, now you've got a problem. You're too distracted. You're too preoccupied to hear God speak into your life. Well, here's a question. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? You know, I don't know about your yard, but they happen to grow in my yard with absolutely no effort on my part whatsoever. Um, now, good-looking grass takes effort. Flowers take effort. Cheryl's tomatoes and herbs take effort. 
You've got to mow or weed or, or water or fertilize. But weeds just grow happily in my yard with no help from me. But you know as well as I do that too many weeds in a yard are a sign of neglect. And when you start to neglect meditating on God's word and being regular in worship and prayer and involvement in a ministry or being part of a discipleship triad or a Sunday Bible class, those, those thorny spiritual weeds just appear from nowhere and start to choke out your spiritual life. And you end up losing your joy and your peace and your compassion for spiritually lost people. And even you can lose your sense of purpose. And to make it even sadder, your ability to hear God speak becomes less and less and less. And your ability to know God's will and do it will become less and less as well. Well, fourth, if I'm going to hear God speak, I must do what he says. Hmm. God speaks to people who decide in advance that they're actually going to follow through and do whatever God tells them to do. Unfortunately, most of the time, we want to hear from God, yes. We want to hear what he has to say, but we also reserve the right to accept or decline his instructions. Folks, when it comes to God, you don't live in a democracy. You don't have any rights with God, okay? What, what did Jesus say about the fourth kind of soil? Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. And then when he said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he provides this interpretation. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And, and so Jesus wanted to convey the idea that this soil represented an obedient heart before him. I mean, this is the person who is willing to do whatever God tells them to do, even before he tells them. And, and without a doubt, those who maintain this kind of a heart attitude toward God know God's will, and they do it more often than anybody else. These are the people who have made James 1.22 a normal part of their relationship with God. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you, if you make it a habit not just to hear what God says to you, but actually to do what he tells you to do, you know what's going to happen? The will of God's going to become clearer to you and for you. And it's been my experience anyway that God will most often speak to me about one of four issues, okay? First, he assures me of his love for me. It might be a scripture verse like Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Um, it, it could be that message might come through an answer to prayer or even a message through another person. Folks, the fact is that all of us need to know that we are loved and accepted and cherished. 
And God is going to assure us of his love whenever we need it. That's, that's one thing that he wants to speak into our lives. And secondly, because he does love us, he speaks to me about sin that I need to abandon. Yeah. Has this ever happened to you? You're, 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 you know, you begin a time of prayer with God, and you know, words of praise, and then quite suddenly the Holy Spirit reminds you of an ungodly attitude or a selfish act or an unkind word or a lack of compassion that needs to be confessed and renounced. That's most definitely happened to me. Yeah. And it's as if, it's as if the Holy Spirit says, Rick, hold the praise stuff. Why don't you get the dirt swept out of your life first? Okay? Third, God speaks to me about uh, relationships that I need to mend. Uh-huh. Has this ever happened to you? You're starting to pray, and then some person's face just pops into your mind. A person with whom you have a broken or a very tense relationship. And that's happened to me. And folks, I understand that, that not every relationship can be fixed this side of heaven. I, I understand that. But the Bible's guidance here is very clear. I, I call this the greatest relational wisdom anywhere. Very simple scripture from Romans 12. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And uh, God wants reconciliation whenever and with whomever possible. And the ability to hear God speak clearly is somehow uh, tied or connected to my willingness to take the initiative to fix those damaged relationships wherever possible. No, some of them won't be able to get fixed. But just make sure you're not the problem. As far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Fourth, God speaks to me about commands that I need to obey. Folks, there's, there's only one purpose for God to reveal his will to you and me. What's that? Obedience. M most followers of Jesus know far more about God and his will than we want to obey. And the purpose of knowing God's will isn't to get information that makes us feel good or which we can veto if we don't like it. The purpose of knowing God's will is to do what God says to do. Now, is doing God's will always easy? No. Do you remember what Jesus prayed, what he said to his father on the night before the crucifixion? My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now, folks, Jesus was not praying to know God's will. Jesus already knew full well what his father wanted him to do. You know what Jesus was doing? Jesus was praying for the willingness to do God's will fully. That's what he was praying for. That was the crux of the matter. And, and we need to pray less that we will discover God's will or get enlightened about God's will and pray more that we'll just do, that we'll obey what we already know is God's will.
Years ago, the fastest way that you could communicate long distance was by the telegraph. And uh, from that day and time comes an interesting story. It's about a young man who went to apply for a job as a Morse code operator. A Morse code operator. And um, so he got to the office where these interviews were being taken. It was loud. It was noisy. He could hear the clack, clack, clack of the telegraph going off in the, in the background. Um, he went over to the receptionist's desk, and there were instructions there to take a form, fill it out, and then have a seat and wait for it to be called in for the interview. So that's what he did. He got a form off the desk, went, sat down, filled it out, and sat there quietly for a few minutes. Now, there were seven other men in that office also waiting to be interviewed for the same job. And he was the last of this group of men that had come in for the interview that day. Well, he sat there for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, he got up, he walked across the room, and he went into the inner office where everybody assumed the, inter the interview was going to happen. And the other men sitting in the office just kind of looked at each other. Who did he think he was? Nobody had come out and invited him to, to go in and, and be interviewed. Um, he was the last one that day. He should be the last one interviewed. What, what was going on? And Well, they, they kind of nodded and winked at each other a little bit because they fully expected this young man to get tossed out in his ear in just a minute or two. That's not what happened. A few minutes later, the young man walked out with the man who interviewed him, who, who was the employer, and he said to the other seven men sitting there in the office, he said, um, he said gentlemen, I want to thank you for coming in today to apply for this job. But this young man has just gotten the job, and so thank you for coming in today. Goodbye. Well, that caused some shock and dismay and not a little bit of anger uh, for the seven other men left there uh, in, the, in the waiting room. And finally, one of them said, well, now, j wait a minute. How is this fair? Uh, th this guy was, was the last one to, to come in, and, and we didn't even get to be interviewed to see if we'd be up for the job. How, how is that fair? And the employer looked at all of them and he said, ever since you've been sitting in this office, the telegraph has been saying over and over again, if you can understand this message, just come right into the office, the job is yours. If you can hear this message, just come right on in. The job is yours. If you can understand this message, just come right on in. The job is yours. None of you heard the message. None of you understood the message. This young man did. The job is his. Hmm. Kind of remember, reminds me of what Jesus said. 
Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Yeah. You know, um, a literal heart monitor will tell you how you're doing physically, how your physical heart is doing. Wouldn't it be great if we could, if we could get our hands on a spiritual heart monitor that would tell us the condition of our hearts? Whether our hearts are hardened, whether our hearts have become preoccupied, whether our hearts are obedient to the Lord and what he wants us to do. Because, folks, it's the obedient heart that hears what God has to say and then by that understands his will and how to do it. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you uh, today, and we have to admit, Lord, that sometimes our hearts become hard. Uh, sometimes they get distracted. Um, sometimes uh, we just don't hear very well uh, what you want to do and how you want to do it. But Lord, you call us to have the obedient heart, the heart that, that is eager to hear what you have to say and is willing to do what you want us to do. Lord, that's the best way to keep on hearing what you want to say to us. It's the best way to know your will. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for the reminder from your word today of, of how to hear you, what we need to do. And I just ask, Lord, that, that our hearts would be soft before you and eager to hear what you have to say. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. We hope you found something that can be applied to your life today and into the future. You can always watch our past services or see them live on YouTube, Facebook, and our website at www.carlroadbaptist.org. That's Carl with a K-A-R-L, roadbaptist.org. If you search YouTube or Facebook, look for Carl Road Baptist Church. And don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you are watching via a service that allows that so you can stay up to date and notified when another episode is ready for you to watch or listen to. Thanks again for sharing your time with us and putting in the effort to maintain your relationship with God. Have a fantastic week, and we look forward to growing alongside you in the future with the next episode of the KRBC Podcast.